keep you knocking. Let motherfucking opportunity be knocking. You gotta let a motherfucking. I kiss my mother on the cheek. Tell her that I love her. Boys, you ain't gotta worry about Episode 23 of the Review Podcast. One night after we recorded episode 22, I actually think this might be a little bit of a record set by us here at the TBR uh, staff, if you will. I don't think we've ever recorded podcasts in back-to-back nights. Less than 24 hours ago, I released episode 22, and there was a lot of confusion, a lot of back and forth, a lot of shouting matches, and we just kind of want to come on and and rediscuss the topics that we discussed last night. But before we get into all of that, let me welcome my two co-hosts. On the left, Robbie, the carp, carpenter, coming from Penn State. Carp, I don't even need to ask you how you are because I know that you're doing great. But just tell the fans, how's the day been going? I'm doing great. Today was awesome. I went to class for half the time. I talked about sustainability and things like that. And I'm here now doing this with you today again. My friend. Yes, it's awesome. And then on the right, we have, as per usual, Matt Fonzie. How are you? I'm running out of breath. This is a long-ass intro. I'm feeling great. You know, the Hurricanes are on at 1030 tonight. I'm not going to watch it because I'm a lazy piece of shit. The Washington Nationals is going to win the World Series. I am tearing it up. Yeah, I played yeah, a mediocre yeah, yeah. round of golf today. Yeah. You take it away. The reason that we're coming back less than 24 hours after last night's episode, like I briefly mentioned in the intro, we want to kind of rediscuss some of the topics that we didn't get to fully draw out last night because of multiple factors. One, Carp's computer was dying. Fonzie's computer oh, yeah. was dying. Kids were getting kicked in and out of the Skype chat. So I kind of just wanted to, you know, none of the BS. Let's just get after it tonight and get back to talking sports. And another thing, too, is some some major news came out today in the sports world. And there were also some topics we didn't get to cover last night. Tiger Woods released his new book. That that was the that was the number one headline, actually, on the uh, on the front page of Twitter. Twitter is buzzing about the book. It's controversial. No. What I want to start talking about, obviously, happened less than two hours ago. Jalen Ramsey was finally traded out of Jacksonville. He's headed to the Rams. Uh, The Rams actually gave up Marcus Peters today. So uh, it, it makes sense now that that's why they did it. Um, first off, just want to get some thoughts out there. How are the Rams going to be with Jalen Ramsey? Is this, is this a good addition or a bad addition? Listen, 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 talent is talent. Okay. The Rams defense has talent as it is. You look at that. They have Clay Matthews. Okay. They have Aaron Donald. Um, now you add a piece like uh, Jalen Ramsey talent is talent. However, I will also say that there needs to be a lot of credit given to Wade Phillips. What he was able to do in the Super Bowl last year was brilliant, brilliant. That being said, the Rams right now, I think they rank 12th overall in total defense in yards per game and uh, allowed and 14th in the pass. Marcus Peters is a very, very good secondary player. But let's be real. Jalen Ramsey is probably a top three corner. Um, if you include Stefan Gilmore, probably as your number one right now. 
So I think the talent is talent. This is definitely going to help them. But um, it's not necessarily the magic potion that will get this Rams team back on track. They're a mediocre ball club right now in large part because I watched those games and Todd Gurley's just not the player that he was. Um, but I think that this will certainly bolster the defense and hopefully allow them to win more games. See, I got to say right now, Jalen Ramsey being added to the roster is huge because Akeem Tlaib has just been assigned to the IR. He's hurt. He's out for a good amount of time. And having a corner, a cornerback in the backfield once again in Jalen Ramsey is going to be huge when defending great receivers in the NFL. But that's not the issue with the Rams. The Rams offense is just dog shit right now. Jared Goff isn't really a great quarterback when you look at him. He hasn't been playing great this year. His stats are mediocre at best, and he has weapons to throw to. He's got players like Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup. He's got a good offensive line, and if his defense keeps doing what they should be doing, as they now have a cornerback, they should be a Super Bowl contender. They already are, but it would make it better for them. They would beat the Dallas Cowboys. What I see this Jalen Ramsey move as is a swap for a swap. Aqib Tlaib is out. Marcus Peters gone today. You bring in Jalen Ramsey. What comes with Jalen Ramsey versus Marcus Peters? Off-field issues, locker room issues, chemistry issues. Jalen Ramsey is not a good locker room guy. He's proven that in Jacksonville. He's an absolute head case. Yes, he's a good football cornerback. I'll give him that. On the field, I think he's excellent. The way he can read the quarterback's eyes, he draws a lot of comparisons to Richard Sherman. I love Jalen Ramsey as a player on the field. What he's bringing to this Rams organization off the field is a cancerous attitude that's going to come to that locker room. That's not wrong. That's not wrong. I'm so sick of NFL players weaseling their way out of these contracts, sitting games out, requesting more money, and getting rewarded for it. Jalen Ramsey got exactly what he wanted this year. He made up some bullshit back injury so he could stand on the sidelines in his street clothes and watch his team lose at the hands of a backup quarterback heading the Jaguars team. He sat on the sidelines with some BS injury, made up BS family excuses just so he wouldn't practice, just so he wouldn't play until they traded him. He pulled in Antonio Brown. He forced the Jaguars to trade him. He got out of whatever agreement was made in Jacksonville for him to stay there and be a long-term franchise player. Jalen Ramsey has not been in the league as long as Antonio Brown. Jalen Ramsey is a relatively new player in the NFL. And the fact that he had the audacity to pull this kind of bullshit on the Jaguars is offensive to the league. I literally think he should have seen punishment in Jacksonville for what he was doing to that organization. They invested so much money into him and so much time into him as their core defensive player, along with Kalias Campbell. And what was the result? He did them so dirty. And now he's in the he's on the roster of the defending NFC champions. So that is my thoughts on Jalen Ramsey. I don't I don't see this as an addition or a subtraction for the Rams. I think it was a swap for a swap. And I think they've got bigger problems on the offensive side of the ball that they need to deal with. And Jalen Ramsey is not the answer in L.A. That's my two cents. Look, nobody out here is saying, at least I'm not. I'm not saying he's the answer in L.A., okay? He is a piece, a step in the right direction. That's simple in my my eyes. I, I, I do think that you made a good point, a solid point about him being a locker room cancer. That's true. That's true. However, from what I've heard from the L.A. Rams is that that locker room, Jared Goff is by and away the leader in that locker room. Cooper Cup is another guy that leads that locker room. 
even Brandon Cooks vocalizes in that locker room. I think that there are enough solid guys, Clay Matthews, in that locker room that are there ready to kind of mitigate whatever hazardous uh, behavior is brought into the situation from Jalen Ramsey. That's one. Secondly, I think that Sean McVay has done a good job with that in the past. You see guys like Nadonik and Sue go in there, okay, and it not be that big an issue. If you can name one time that there was a locker room issue in L.A. under this current regime, Sean McVay, Wade Phillips, then all being – all, all my argument thrown out the window that they can't handle him. But it, from what I can tell, they can handle this. I agree with that statement right there. Here's the thing. It's all about the chemistry in that locker room right now because the defense just needs to bind together and play as a team. They're playing as individuals. Clay Matthews trying to be Clay Matthews. He's trying to just keep on doing what's good for him. I know he's a team guy, but he's still going for the stat line. He wants to be known as one of the greatest linebackers or middle linebackers of the history of the NFL. That's what he's going for. He's going for the legacy now. He's going for the rings. He's got one in Green Bay, and he wants another one in L.A. Let him keep going. But the cornerback situation, the cornerback is the most important position in, on the defensive side of the football in my eyes. When you need, when you're against a team with lethal receivers, say you're facing the Patriots. I know they're not lethal, but when Brady can place a football where he places it all the time, sure. to, to mediocre receivers, I'll give you that. Right. You need to be able to, to stop the pass. And we've so, talked about so this. Fun. Carp and fun. I have talked about how Tom Brady makes those around him better but, automatically. Let's stay on the Rams, though, for a second. Fonz, you made a good point there. but And you, I get your argument. There, there are different schools. Like, not one is right and one's wrong. I mean, there's different schools. There will always be in terms of what position is most valuable. However, I would argue that when you have a mediocre receiving core, which the L.A. Rams do not, by the way. Brandon no, Cook, the Rams don't. Cup. Uh, who, they, have Robert the best, they have the best they have receiving, receiving Oh, my God, yeah. Right. So I would argue that on the defensive side of the ball, when you're facing guys with mediocre receivers, the Patriots have a great quarterback, that it's more important that you have an excellent pass rush and can force him to get the ball out of his hands quicker and allow the the defense just to play straight up. That way, the skill receivers aren't doing their job. The mediocre receivers look like terrible receivers because they don't have enough time and space to actually make things happen. But here's That's the thing about the Rams. They've already got that pass rush because they've got Aaron Donald. That's fine. You and, I, you and I are on the same side. Remember, yeah. we both think that this move helps in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I'm just saying there's two different schools to, to that thought. Okay. I want to circle back to the conversation that we started having last night without oh potentially my. getting it. No. The NFC. Without, without potentially getting into a shouting match, I legitimately want to talk about the NFC because – it is really shaken up right now. Shooken up, shaken up. Shooketh. Shaken. <laughs> it's really shaken up right now. You've got teams like the Rams who, you can't argue this, were in the Super Bowl last year and are now third in their division, being trailed pretty heavily by the Cardinals who are not that far away from de-seeding the Rams right now. And then you've got teams like, um, for example. I, I want to talk about Seattle. Seattle yeah, is sure. a well, yes. nasty NFC team. They're a sleeper team. Let, let Brendan set the stage here. Go ahead. Yeah. You've got teams like the Packers, too, who, granted, ha- have been pretty successful over the past decade or two. But the Packers in recent years really haven't popped up anywhere. Aaron Rodgers uh, a little bit fell off a giving little them, bit. Giving them, giving them the past decade is very generous. They are not that successful. 
not no, that successful. When you, with the when talent you think that about, has been on that team, with the talent that has been on that team, Jordan Nelson, Randall Cobb, Craig Jennings, Aaron Rodgers, Clay Matthews, TJ Raji, Mike McCarthy. They've had great pieces and haven't been able to make it work. They have been a very underachieving team in the last 10 years. I'm not defining success as Super Bowl wins. When you think about the last— No, I'm defining success as wins, and they okay. haven't won that many. The, it, it, when you think about contenders in the NFL of the 2000s and 2010s, the Packers have to pop up in that conversation. Oh, of course. They're always in the NFC. They're exactly. always deep. Exactly. <laughs> That's the con. They pop up in that conversation. They're five and one right now. Granted, we got to talk. <laughs> we got to talk about the game last night too because. Well, but you'll throw my referee shirt because I'd probably yeah. do a better job than those guys last night. Maybe. Yeah, they they gifted the Packers that game, and I mean you got to credit uh, Jamal Williams. Pretty smart play on his part. He didn't get greedy. Uh, it was a very Todd Gurley in 2017-esque move where he had an opportunity to run the ball right to the house and pretty much put the game away. And he did the smart thing, and he took a knee on the two-yard line, realizing that the Lions didn't have any timeouts left. They bleed the clock down and chip-shot field goal to win the game. I commend Jamal Williams on that in that sense. We got to talk about those refs, though, because they did hand Green Bay their fifth win. Oh, it's terrible. Let's start with the whole picture in the NFC realistically, can we name off at the end of the season who we think is going to be the, who we think are going to be the division leaders and who is going to be in the NFC championship? Because there's really no numbers you could put behind your, your prediction and, you know, solidify it because you could say, I'm guessing more than half the teams in the NFC still have a viable shot at the NFC championship. Oh, it's really a scramble right now. But if I had to pick any two teams personally that I think could either dethrone the Cowboys or be in the NFC championship against each other, I've got the Saints and I got the Seahawks. All right, so Teddy Bridgewater is a backup right now. He's most likely going to be a career backup after that terrible injury a few years back, but he's doing the job. As we talked about last night, he's just getting them to that point where they can make the playoffs and go as deep as they can. And when Drew Brees comes back and he starts playing like you know Drew Brees can, he's probably my favorite quarterback in NFL history, not because of who he is or what team he plays for, but because of the way he plays and the way he plays for his team. He's a man that comes in clutch in all types of situations. So I have the Saints going into the NFC Championship along with them, a team that kind of came out of, I wouldn't say nowhere, but it's a little surprising to see the Seahawks back up again, playing great football. Russell Wilson is having a career season. He's playing great football. He's an MVP candidate along with Christian McCaffrey, but he's on the Panthers. They're irrelevant. It doesn't matter. The Seahawks already have a good defense. They've always had a solid defense, and they have a good coach. I feel like with their experience in the league and the way that they can play football in the playoffs, they have a legitimate chance as well. All right, Fonz, I just want you to say that again. You think Pete Carroll's a good coach? <laughs> I do. Okay, Pete Carroll's a college coach. Oh, my coach. God. Let's be real. No, 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 no. I am not one of those guys that says, Pete Carroll's not a good coach because he didn't run the ball in the Super Bowl. That's no, I'm big. on that's your that's side. Carroll Pete Carroll I've been watching stinks. Pete Carroll for he's a, a while now. He's cheerleading. I've he's, been watching Pete Carroll a 70, for a while now. He is. Okay, he is, is Brennan, 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 just remember, as long as you've been watching him, I've been watching him longer. Just remember that. Pete I'm Carroll on your side. Is, Pete Carroll. I agree. I was just talking. Pete Carroll is is a 74-year-old Jason Garrett. He's 68. He is 68, damn it. (laughs) Just remember that. He's a cheerleader. (laughs) He drags around a headset like this, and they're all plugged in except for his. He just wheels it around. It's all for show. He doesn't actually say anything. He's been married twice, god damn it. 
<laughs> anyway, I, I don't think that the he's that good of a coach. But Brendan, your 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 initial question, right, was for us to give teams that we think will win divisions. Was that division leaders? Well, because if you well listen, because if you look at like the NFC East right now, the Eagles and the Cowboys are tied neck and neck. Yeah, There's but the interesting two- thing is they play this week. Yeah. That, I know, that's and that's gonna that's gonna be an that's interesting matchup. The winner of that game wins that division. Let's be real. Yeah. Do you disagree? You've also got listen, no, I don't disagree. I hundred percent agree. You've also like every division right now is within one game reach, and that's that's a fact. In the NFC. Yep. Not the case in the AFC. AFC is a completely different story. There's always one dominant team in the AFC, and who is it always? The New England Patriots. The New England Patriots. Oh. Yep. Minshew's on the come up. We'll get that was last night. That's another story. Um, anyway, it's on the but, come but down. Let's stay, on the, let's stay on the NFC while we get the chance here. Yeah. Um, I know, Brendan, you're big Cowboys guy for some <laughs> weird reason. <laughs> Fonz and I presented you with factual evidence misconstrued by Chase's, you know, on a, inability. Um, well, what to ended up happening? Thoughts. And speak his truth, but that's different. What well, Can I just clarify one thing? What ended up happening was we were arguing two different things, but going at each other's necks like we were arguing the same thing. Yes, pretty much. Because Chase confused the absolute shit out of us and started mentioning teams that weren't even relevant to the discussion. Yeah. So okay. let's just yeah. let let's just get that clear. Now let's have the debate that we wanted to have in the beginning. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Why do you think that the Cowboys are the best team to come out of the NFC? Oh, I want to hear this. Oh, I don't think they're the best team right now to come out of the NFC. What I was okay. trying to say was your that I believe last night, your words last night, and now was I'm going to be a team that will beat them. That's correct. Yes. And Vaughn's and I named a lot. I said I'm, yes. No, I said right. I'm not saying they're the best team in the NFC right now. What I'm saying is nobody I, is seeing that. Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Nobody on the planet is saying that. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page. What I'm saying is, in a playoff setting, who is going to knock off the Dallas Cowboys? And Fonzie, you made made a point last night about the Rams being a more experienced playoff team than the Cowboys, which, if you go back and look at the numbers, Jared Goff versus Dak Prescott. Jared Goff, I believe, has played in three postseason games in his life, or maybe three postseason games last season. I don't even know. Dak Prescott has played in the same amount of postseason games as Jared Goff. They are two, That's one player. I know, but someone last night said Dak Prescott is less experienced in the playoffs than Jared Goff, and then someone said that Todd Gurley is more experienced than Ezekiel Elliott. Todd Gurley is not as much of a bitch, but that's another story again. Listen, I'm just Brennan, saying these Brennan, are two Brennan. comparable offenses. Young Brennan. quarterback, young running back. Yeah, go ahead. But look at the receiving core. No, no. First of all, you made one statement earlier, and it was... Who is going to knock off the Dallas Cowboys? In right. order to be knocked off, you have to be there first. You have to be at the top first. And the Rams are the, <laughs> the Cowboys have first of all, the Rams are. The Rams won the NFC last year. That's that's what knock off means. Who's gonna knock off the team? That's what that means. Who's gonna step in and fill the shoes? Okay. So as far as that goes, you're wrong. The Cowboys are not at the top, not even close. Okay, the Rams are. As far as the NFC goes, power rankings from last year. The Rams are the the Rams are the teams to be knocked off. That's first. So who is going to stop the Cowboys from knocking off the Rams? 
and Fonzie would argue no. the Rams. No, no, no. Knocked off in a hypothetical. Knocked off in a hypothetical. Dallas Cowboys are the new team at the end of the regular season. Knocked off. Hypothetical prediction in two months. That's what I mean by knocked off. Brennan, let me just ask you something really quickly. Okay. Sure. If you are going to take, and I understand that what you are person, what you are saying is that at the end of the season, the Cowboys are the team to beat in the NFC. I'm going to ask you a question. What is your confidence level that the Cowboys are actually going? Your your theory is that they can be and will be the team to beat at the end. But I'm going to go ahead and say that your confidence level in what you're saying isn't necessarily the highest. I mean, is that true? No, I, no, no, that's not true. What, how do you have confidence in this team right now? Okay, I'm decently confident in the Cowboys getting a better second half of the season than their first half. And it was a disappointing first half that, in terms of— That ain't going to be hard. they got to win more games than they're going to lose. Yes, exactly. It was a disappointing first half in terms of, like— they had they had a decently easy schedule. I mean, they did have to face the Saints. They did have to play the Packers. The Jets' loss was like, that's unacceptable. But it's one game, and you got to move past it. I'm looking at their schedule the rest of the way. They've got Philadelphia twice, which is the worst-ranked secondary in the league right now. You've got the Giants, who are pretty much getting obliterated on defense. Tom Brady kind of tore them apart in the second half with two rushing touchdowns. Just, you know, just like kind of, sort of, yep. He had 15 straight completions. I would have used that instead, but keep going. They've got the Lions coming up. They've got the Bills coming up. They've got the Rams, which is going to be a good game. I'm looking at their schedule down the stretch, and I'm and I'm I'm being a realist because every time I make a prediction, I always want to put it in my head that like that I'm going to be right 100 percent of the time. And like, oh, the, you know, the Cowboys are going to run the table. They can beat the Patriots. They can beat the Vikings. But in reality, those are games that, you know, they aren't going to win. So the realist in me is is saying that they're going to drop some games down the stretch. But if you look at the matchups that Dak Prescott is going to have, assuming that Amari Cooper is healthy, you know, God willing, it sounds like he's in incredible pain right now. Assuming that Amari Cooper is healthy, assuming that Ezekiel Elliott can return to that, you know, midseason form that we've seen him in in his rookie season and the season following. Assuming all of that happens, I look at these games and I legitimately think that the Cowboys can win 12 games this season. And that says to me, they're going to win their division in a very weak NFC and they're going to come up on top in the NFC because to get to that 12 win mark, you're going to have to beat teams like Minnesota, uh, LA teams that you're vying for a top spot in the NFC for with, and you're going to have to knock their record down in doing in getting to 12 wins. So I'm decently confident that it can happen. I want to propose this for a second. We're nearly at the halfway mark through the NFL season at this point. The AFC, we don't need to talk about it right now. We, we, can, we can get back to the AFC in a few weeks. Right now, can, can you just give me top four teams in, in the NFC? At the end of the year, not right now. At the end of the year? Um, well, I've got, all right, I've got, I've got the Rams. I know you don't like that, but I've got the Rams. This is in no specific order at all. This is just my four teams that will be there. I've got the Rams. I've got the Seahawks. I've got the Cowboys. God, I hate to say it, but I, I just, it's there. 
And I got the Eagles. I got the Eagles. I think the Eagles are a great team. I think Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. He can read defense as well, and he can throw the ball well. And if Aguilar can catch a football every once in a while, they'll be a good team. So, Fonz, you legitimately think that the defending NFC champions who have more points against than points for are on a three-game losing streak and are in third in their division behind the Seahawks and the 49ers are going to come in top four? Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm not. That's your opinion. I'm not going to just had to get it out there. That's what Car- I got. Top Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get hurt again. Oh, that's my call. <laughs> I don't wish it on him, but I feel like that's what's going to happen. All right. Yeah, yeah, the 49ers. I want to talk about them for a second, too, because they're actually having a pretty good year. Jimmy Garoppolo has established himself as a pretty elite starting quarterback. A lot of people are saying it's luck. I 100% disagree. If you've watched the games, he's seeing the he's seeing the receivers really well. He's finding those seams. You can tell that he learned from being Tom Brady's quarterback for X amount of years, you know, always working with him in training camp, always working with him in practice, watching him on the sideline. You can tell that he learned from him because he's taken this offense with basically no, no parts to it. Like, like, would you agree with me that the 49ers really don't have any big name Are you receivers kidding me? or what running backs? What about Marquise Goodwin? I don't consider Marquise Goodwin a big name receiver. I, I think he's think talented. Does. I think he's talented. He I don't think he's a big name receiver. Every million throws. Right. And look at your running backs. Matt Breda, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman is a, a notorious, like, backup. We'll bring him in to throw to him in the flat on third down running back. Wasn't Matt Breda like a rugby player or something? I think that's the story, yeah. Something, Or maybe that's a different player I'm thinking of. But either way, not big name running backs. And look at them. They're undefeated. And Jimmy Garoppolo, who was a backup quarterback. And it's and not I, even about big name running backs. Look at what the Patriots have done with a running back. It's about developing a young guy. If you've got a young running back that you can see, you can develop. Look at Sonny Michel. He's going to be in the league for a good amount of years. I'm not comparing him to being a New England Patriot because I believe the Patriots are the most superior team in the NFL. And that may be a bias because I'm a masshole. I'm a piece of shit. I live in Massachusetts. It's like, but it's all about developing a young guy. You don't need to sign a running back for an eight-year contract like the Cowboys did. You need a young guy that you can keep for three years, and then you can move on and draft another one. That's what it's about in the run game. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. It, it's, you know, obviously I, I thought the 49ers were going to be successful through their first six games. Oh, I guess five games because they had a bye week. Through their first five games, six weeks. Uh, I don't think anybody, maybe if you're from San Francisco, I don't think anybody predicted them to be 5-0. and oh. Yeah, maybe maybe one of you two did. But I just, you know, I thought they were going to have a good year. I didn't think good was going to be five and zero oh under Jimmy Garoppolo. But yeah, I didn't expect that. Either. They're they're definitely exceeding expectations. Uh, I don't have them in my top four at the end of the season. Neither did I. I really don't. And I think next five years, they'll definitely be in a Super Bowl. It's still too early for this team. They've got to grow. They've got to develop. They've got to experience a loss in the playoffs before they can win in the playoffs. I give them a few more years. Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see where they end up, how they match up against teams like, uh, you know, the Chiefs, the uh, the Ravens, Honestly, the, the, the Patriots. Patriots. I know we're not all playing them in, in the regular season, but it's going to be interesting to see in in the, the long years. in the big yeah. scheme, right in the big scheme of things how they stack up against these these young gun offenses like the Ravens and the Chiefs, which they're starting to look like. But I don't have them in my top four.
Yeah, I know Carp's been dying to talk MLB, so let's do that. Yeah, let's talk baseball. Let's talk the Nationals, baby. Uh, can I, I'm going to be dead honest with you for a second. Just like, can this be a judgment-free zone? Uh-oh. Can, can someone just say the word yes? No. No. All right, fine. <laughs> I haven't watched a single pitch of NL baseball in the postseason. <laughs> to be honest, I haven't either, but I've watched Sports Center, so that counts. Oh, I haven't even watched the highlights. I didn't know the Nationals and the Cardinals were playing each other until this morning. No. I didn't. I really that's, didn't. That's bad. Listen, I'm a big sports guy. I had no idea who was playing in the NLCS. I've been heavy on the ALCS because I'm praying for the Yankees to lose. But I literally haven't paid attention to the other side. But I'm sorry, but I haven't. So, Carp, it looks like this one's on Carp, me and you. Carp, take the lead. I'll, I'll pitch in when you talk about Strohs and Yanks. But Strohs and Yanks. When you're talking about the Cards <laughs> and the Nats, <laughs> that's all you. Proceed. Yeah, look. I'd be upset with myself if I didn't voice some frustration. Um, I would like to say a few things. One, the booth review is not founded to be a podcast where we just talk about, oh, let's talk about the series. That's, that's fucking stupid. Let's be real. Um, we're, we're not going to sit here and go, well, you know, the nationals are up three zip. Okay. That's for fucking sports center. And oh my God, let's not have a debate about the NFC. Like, fuck you, Brendan. Okay. Seriously. And fuck you, Fonz for being, what? So go ahead, Fonz. What do you think about the nationals? I don't know how to come back from this, but I think I think the Nationals got the heat. They got they got Bryce Harper leaving them last year. Game changer in the locker room changes the whole flow of momentum they had. Harper's obviously a great baseball player. He's a bitch. He went to Philly. That it doesn't matter. I think that was a terrible decision on his part. But I just want to see the Nationals win for the fact that they can rub it into his goddamn face for being the guy that left them for the money, for the big contract to go play in Philly and to waste his time on the diamond. I think the Nationals are going to win this thing because of the momentum they have. Their stellar pitching staff and honestly. Because of Bryce Harper. Look, I, you're not going to get an argument from me in that, that department. Look, the Nationals have I, – I, I don't know if they'll win the World Series, okay? I think the Astros are by far the most talented team remaining. They're um, so consistent. Oh, my God. But there, there's not a person who is independent right now. That is, is not rooting for one of the four remaining teams in terms of they're not a fan of St. Louis, uh, Washington. Houston or New York. They're just a fan of some other team who's been knocked out. That yeah. isn't pulling for the Nationals right now. Exactly. Bryce Harper is a villain. He's evil in the eyes of sports. Uh, he's, he's the most disrespectful baseball player that I've seen in my lifetime um, that hasn't taken steroids, if that makes sense. Um, hey, Barry Bonds and, was A-OK. And for that reason, I have to agree that I hope the Nationals win. I think the Nationals have showed something. Dude, they, they had no hitters going into the sixth in both games one and game two. That's insane. You know, you don't see that stuff often. So as far as that goes, it, 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 there's not one bone in my body that isn't pulling for the Nationals right now. Uh, I mean, if you're not rooting for them, like if your team's out of the playoffs and you're not rooting for the Nationals, just go away, okay? We don't need to hear from you. I think we all want to see this sort of Cinderella story happen. We want to see the team that lost their superstar, their possible MVP candidate, go win a World Series. I think that'd be great. Agreed. Brendan? 
Yeah, I I mean, like I said, I didn't even know the Nationals were playing. Uh, I I really once the Red Sox got knocked out, I got to be honest with you guys, I kind of stopped paying attention to baseball. It was it was a really disappointing outcome for the Red Sox, and I just kind of you know needed to shut it off for a little bit because I invested so much time into watching Red Sox games this season, going to the games. Carp and I covered the Red Sox a lot this past summer, and it was a really disappointing outcome to just not even put an effort forward down the stretch in opportunities where you could have definitely slipped into a wild card spot. So for that reason, I kind of put postseason baseball on hold for a little bit and focused on you know, other stuff. But um, I mean, I agree 100 percent with what you're saying. Uh, all these teams we see pop up into the playoffs every year. Astros have one of their own past five years. Cardinals have been in the uh, World Series a couple times now, lost to the Red Sox in 2013. And, of course, we all know the New York Yankees, arguably the biggest dynasty in baseball over the last century and a half. I mean, count the number of pennants that they have hanging in Yankee Stadium. They're just, you know, absolutely an absolute powerhouse. Uh, I'd like to see some. I am always a strong believer and I'd like to see someone new win it. it, no matter what the sport, no matter, you know, what the circumstance uh, when Loyola, Chicago, Illinois was in the March Madness tournament, I don't think anybody picked them to win their first game. They were an 11 seed. They had Sister Jean in the wheelchair on the sidelines. And even though in my March Madness bracket, I probably had Kansas or UNC or Kentucky or whatever, I was pulling heavy for Loyola, Chicago, just because I wanted someone new to win. That's yeah. always been my philosophy. So I'm, I'm a firm believer in the underdog story. I'm always going to root for it no matter what. Uh, I can't sit here and spiel out a bunch of numbers in terms of, you know, OBP for the Nationals versus the Cardinals and who has the statistical advantage in this series. I'm sure Carp could do that and, and help me out in that department. But um, well, the series is over. The series is over. It's the next series. We're looking at the next one. OK, in essence, right? Like the, the Cardinals might win one game. But it, that, this year yeah, is over. It's three zip. It, it, only one team in the history of professional baseball has come back from a 3-0 deficit. And, and it was not going to happen again. <laughs> right. And only two, sorry, three teams have forced a game seven, okay, in the history of baseball. One team one winning that it. game, that was the Red Sox. So it, it, it's extremely, not highly, extremely unlikely that the Cardinals you know, even forced we know that the game is actually going on right now. The Nationals are up seven to four. It is game four of the series. It's over tonight. All right. Yeah. It's it's done. It's gone. Listen, I never say never, but it sounds as if that game is over. I'm throwing it out there right now. Astros, Nationals in the World Series. I don't know who's going to win, to be honest with you. I don't watch enough baseball. I'd like to say the Nationals, but I watched that Astros-Yankees game where uh, they went to 11 innings game two. Astros yeah. offense is Pretty freaking good. Not gonna lie. There. Look, it's not the it's not the Astros' offense that scares me. It's the Astros' starting pitching. Gary Verlander, Cole, Justin Verlander, Zach Greinke. Yeah. Yeah, they stacked up at the deadline. Yeah, but even look at the Nationals' pitching staff though. They got Strasburg. They got Scherzer. They've got a nasty pitching staff too. This will be the pitching matchup of the century. So that, that would be a fun go, series. Go against to watch. each other. You're telling me you game, don't want to see game, these guys go at it. one more starter for the Nationals. Scherzer. I got Scherzer. I said you name two. one more oh, starter. Oh, oh, yeah, no, I don't need to do that. We don't need that. Just, they got 
the AFC said says. it's the pitching matchup for the century. Yes, it is. Games one for and two. Games one stellar. and two. <laughs> stellar. And right, if it goes six and seven, that's fine. Stellar. That's fine. I'll give you that. But otherwise, that would be a fun. Great. That would be a fun series to watch. Well, you're telling me, right? So I say Nationals take games one and two, then three and four, give them to the Astros. But then five, six, and seven, it's all wild card. The Astros are going to have the home field advantage. So you're saying that both game, both teams are going to win on the road yes. in the first two games. Yeah. Uh, the worst argument ever presented in the history of sports comes from Yankees fans every single year. And it, <laughs> it's 27, 27. 27, you know what I mean? No, and yeah, but I also, and I don't know if this so, is just specific people that we've talked to, but when we were at the Red Sox-Yankees game, we interviewed, we interviewed Yankees fans. They were pretty, pretty humble about their upcoming postseason experience, and they well, didn't look, even, they didn't even at, predict their own team to get out of the first round. Yeah, Brennan, Brennan, that's false in my mind. I think that the Yankees were probably the favorites in the AL East to start the season. In my eyes, I, no, I would that. say nobody would have ever predicted that the Red Sox would have missed the playoffs. I don't think. But what I mean is that the Yankees heading into the year, if healthy, which they weren't, they broke the MLB home run record without Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge. Think about that. Yeah. Healthy for the majority of the season. No, I That's know. That's insane. But... So secondly, Yankees fans ride on this high horse this year. Well, we didn't spend that much money. We didn't spend that much. We don't buy our championships. <laughs> right? That's the Yankee way right now. Buddies, you are the number three payroll in baseball, only behind the Cubs and the Red Sox. Just because the Red Sox spent more money than you doesn't mean that you, oh, we don't buy our championships. Can we, can we, instead of well, saying the Red Sox <laughs> spent more money, can we say they wasted money on old pitchers? Sandoval was on the payroll still. Yeah. <laughs> Is he still on the payroll? Still? No, no, no. We're he paying was, Pablo he, Sandoval I, I to he get was. his pants tailored. He's Let's gone. be real. Let's be no, real. No, we're paying Pablo Sandoval to hit home runs for the car for the uh, Giants. He actually played well for them. That's right. Yeah, he, he only plays well for the Giants. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I don't get but it. The, the Pablo Sandoval was so off topic. Now, the Pablo Sandoval was the worst deal ever. If you look at his numbers specifically his statistics, every single one from home runs, RBIs, batting average, hits, OPS, OBPS, um, and slugging percentage. They all, from his second season, trended downward. Every single one went down every single year. He was the most predictable player in baseball ever. And we were like, oh, you know what? $75 million. Yeah, sign him. Seems and about right. <laughs> do you mind weighing 320 pounds? Because we'd love to have you. So big. Oh, my God. Anyway. So. Yeah. And I don't know, yeah. Fonz, if it was just the, the specific five people that we talked to. But I was pretty shocked at how generous the Yankees fans were when talking about the Red Sox and how humble they were when talking about their own team. And I don't Honestly, know if it's because. Yeah. I don't know if it's because we stuck a camera in their Dude, face and asked Yankees them about their fans, team. Yankees fans are the worst. Don't. Oh, yeah. Carp, you don't, don't know. You weren't there. These people were nice, okay? I built <laughs> friendships. Ian George, that guy. <laughs> I don't know. I saw the, the guy video. who gave me his full name was awesome. Video. Good I go, what's up? I'm like, what's up, bud? What's your name? Ian George. <laughs> 
No, I'm all about Goodsy, bro. I'm all about Goodsy. Yeah, but he was he was a he was a Boston guy. He's a Braves he's a, fan, but he's a, he's a team a building guy. guy. He's a team Listen, building guy. He's just a team bonding he's guy. He's still building guy. <laughs> that guy was awesome. I want to have him on a podcast. Oh my god! Dude, imagine follows us pod. now. I know. Imagine a Bruins podcast. Get him on the garden. Let's do our final thoughts on the MLB right now. Carp and I have already got it. We want the Nationals to take the series. B, who do you want to take this series? But who do you think will actually take the series? What do you got? Wants to take the 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 Cardinal series or the hypothetical oh, World Series? The series series, like the series, the World Series. I'd love to see the Nationals. Like I said, I'm a big believer in the underdog. Who I think. Astros, but I want the Nationals. Carp, final thoughts on the MLB right now? I have none. Awesome. Now, oh, uh, can I propose something that we talk about for the last like ten minutes? Who wins the Heisman Trophy this year? The quarterback for Stanford. I don't know his name, but he's taking it. QB one. QB one for the NCAA fourteen. <laughs> Stanford. No, but legitimately, Carp. I want to get your take because you've been watching a lot of college football as of late. I can tell because you go to Penn State. Big Big Ten guy. Not a big deal. Who do you think is going to win the Heisman Trophy this year? Jalen Hurts. Thank, Thank you. Ah, we're all in this together. <laughs> yes. I'm Why, sick of hearing. Are there are there arguments elsewhere? Okay. Tua Tagovailoa and Joe Burrow from LSU. Joe Burrow's the lead right now in the Heisman uh, poll. Okay, I'm looking at one from one day ago, so you may be more updated than mine. But I'm looking at one from 23 minutes ago. Yeah, that's more. Yeah. Updated. <laughs> and it Listen, says that Burrow is the front runner. Okay, and who's is Tua number two or is Jalen number two? Hold my beer. Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts. Jonathan Taylor, and then Justin Fields. Like, I really don't think you can make a claim for any of those other guys except for Jalen Hurts. Probably had one of the biggest comebacks I've ever seen, ever. Yep. Like, like, talk about Johnny Manziel comeback season. Fuck Johnny Manziel. This is Jalen Hurts comeback yeah. season. Give him the trademark. Jalen Hurts has completely turned his career around. And it wasn't anything that Jalen Hurts did. It's just he got thrown on the bench. It's tough bounce, buddy. What are you going to do? Oh, I know what you're going to do. Transfer to Oklahoma and fucking lead them to the national championship and win a little Heisman trophy while you're doing it. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Huh? Look, that's all I got to say. Jalen Hurts for the Heisman. I love Jalen Hurts. He's my favorite player. I'm Go Sooners. Buddy. Sooner. They're going to win the national championship. Buddy. Uh, you, look, you look at Alabama, right? And you see the weapons that Sagamailoa has in the first place and the offense he's in. And just the team he's with. Secondly, they have faced one ranked opponent, being Texas A&M this week. And what uh, A&M was what 24? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And <laughs> that's the only pick he threw all season. So the one time he gets somewhat tested, he throws a pick. Other than that, you play Duke. Hey, hey. Unless it's basketball. That's Daniel Jones is all the matter. You can't even say that. Unless unless Coach K runs out onto the field and sends Zion out at tight end. New Mexico State. Okay. (laughs) Then you play South Carolina, who wasn't legit until Georgia. Then you play... Then you play USM. I don't even know who that is. Who is USM? Is that the Citadel? I don't know. Then you play... (laughs) Then you play Ole Miss, who haven't been good since 1926. Since they were new miss, you know? <laughs> anyway, you you look at 
So you look at Tua's stats, and he's ex- exceptional against the teams that he should be exceptional against. Like, he hasn't been tested. Now, you look at Jalen Hurts' stats. You look at Oklahoma. Now, I understand that Oklahoma is a high-flying offense. They, they, their coach breeds that. that. That's what they do. But now, I'm going to break down their teams. They just faced Texas. I understand that he only threw for 235 yards. He, he rushed, rushed for, for another 131. Exactly. And a touchdown along the way, plus the three that he threw. He has thrown picks in three straight games. That's true. However, players have thrown interceptions before, like newsflash. Peyton Manning won MVP, is throwing 16 interceptions a season. You know what I mean? It happens. He has looked exceptional. He is by far and away the best athlete in college football right now. He's not the most pro-ready quarterback. That's not what the Heisman is. If it was, Tim Tebow and Johnny Manziel never would have been in the conversation for Heisman. Exactly. Look at where they are now. (laughs) I mean, even look at OJ. I mean, the juice was loose back in 74. And the juice remained loose after the 1994 trial. And then he got arrested for armed robbery. Yeah. I mean, hey, shit happens, man. All right. Listen, I want to offer up two things before we sign off for the night. Number one, where did the last two Heisman Trophy winners come from? I want to say Air Force Academy and San Diego State. Very good. That was you nailed it right on the head. <laughs> no, but for people who are dense, Oklahoma has it. had the last two highs. No, it's Southern winners. Central Louisiana State University and Bobby Boucher. Okay, absolutely filthy linebacker. You can't use that on a. You can't use that on two podcasts. He is nasty. You can't use that joke on more than one. All right, Bonzi, that's the third podcast you've used that joke on. Third separate podcast you've used that joke. I take away my support. I take away my support. Get that out of here. Three podcasts now you've mentioned that. So get get out of here with that. Brennan, let's be real. Let's be real though. You can't you can't use wherever the last three Heisman winners or two Heisman winners come from as an argument. Like, that's just not one. Oh, that's not an argument. I'm just saying. I'm just trying. I'm trying to give kudos to Oklahoma for breeding some great quarterbacks in the last decade. That's fine. And secondly, just you, you mentioned the, the two schedules between um, Oklahoma and Alabama and trying to compare Both them. light. Both light right now. Both light. But if you take a look and specifically, I would. I would encourage those listening and for you guys to watch some Alabama highlights. The best pass rushers that Tua is has gone up against are the equivalent to like Landry from Friday Night Lights. All right. You've got these like maybe a buck no, 90 line, maybe a buck 90 linebackers rushing him, getting absolutely obliterated by the O-line. No, Dino Visconti. Yep. I He's got you. all the time hey, in the world to throw the ball. 230. He's got all. You really don't know who Landry is from Friday Night Lights. Have you ever watched Friday Night Lights? No, I watch grown. Up, I watch grown up shows. Neither of you. Fonz, wow. how are you doing over there, buddy? <laughs> wow. Hey, you uncultured Brennan, looking, swines. Um, did you just get that from the liberal uh, who attacked Charlie Kirk and called him an uncultured swine? Did she really? I follow Charlie Kirk on Instagram. So do I. And you thought that you could casually slide in uh, a, a comment like that? I think this is where we should end the podcast really now listen, quick. I'm just bad. trying to say Tua's got – Tua's sitting there having lunch before he throws the football. Not, Not the case with that. Jalen Hurts. Not even Not that. The, the most challenging Hurts. throws that Jalen Hurts has is quick slants over the middle. If you watch the Alabama offense, there's so you many slants. 
Oh, no, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. You said the I most challenging throws so of much about the things you choose to be. Every time I try to do something fun, you go and make it not that way. Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> I mean, just every time you walk into a room. <laughs> Such a good line. Such a I good think episode. my favorite Michael Scott and Toby, I have two Michael Scott and Toby interactions. One is when he's trying to like, buddy buddy with him when he comes back from puerto rico or costa rica rather sorry i've got puerto rico on the mind when he comes back from costa rica and he's like <laughs> he's like oh must have been nice he's like yeah it was hot though and michael's like whoa why don't you buy an uh you buy an air conditioner and he's like are you all right mike he's like, i am <laughs> i am <laughs> and the other one was when um when he michael's dating pam's mom and he like enlists toby to be his like personal like lawyer guy and oh, toby's like God. the mediator between the two and he's like, Toby goes back and he's like, buddy, I don't think she's going for it. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're a jackass. Get out of here. No, she's, the best is the therapy session. Like, you know yep. <laughs> I, got, I got the crayons in the car for my daughter. When he looks at the camera and goes, he wanted me to talk. He's going to be sorry. And then he walks back in and lies down on the couch. And he's like, when I was six years old, I was abducted by aliens. ALF. <laughs> And then he's like, and then he's never like, seen the werewolf. He's, 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 he's lying on the couch. He's lying on the couch, going. It's ah, ah, ah. <laughs> not a full moon. <gasps> I love how he goes. <laughs> An alien life force. He goes. You've never seen the lower half, but there is a lower half, not yeah, just. A yeah. <laughs> what a show! Alf was such a great show. Anyway. Oh my God. Uh, I, mean, right. I so, think we should end the show so, with our office. Right, well, wait, wait. Let let me get your take on it on one more thing. Yeah, go Give ahead. me the top four best teams in college football right now. Oh. Number one, Stanford. Okay. Bonds is gonna do a bunch of joke Bonds. teams. Don't listen to him. Bonds, be real. Yeah, stop. If I wanted stupid, idiotic, uncultured swine, I would have asked Chase. Vocabulary. <laughs> Go ahead. Shit. All right. Well, honestly, my number one, I've got LSU. LSU's on a hot streak, and I think they're a great team. All right. They LSU look like the one. most unbeatable team in college football right now. I will give you that. Thank you. I said something correct. Number two, I've always got Nick Saban up there at Alabama. Alabama's always a powerhouse. They're nasty. They've always been a great team. Number three, I've got Oklahoma. They're going to have a future Heisman winner as their quarterback. Hell, they already do. Jalen Hurts is a beast. He's coming back. Call him Manziel 2.0, except he actually made the comeback. But I think Oklahoma's got number three. Number four, I think Clemson. Trevor Lawrence is still nasty. Clemson's I, always – I wait, love Brendan. Clemson. Brennan, let me go next, and then you can wrap up the whole show. Got you. Um, Got you, fan. Oh, don't know. Um, sorry, swine. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, swine. Brennan, uh, I mean, Fonz, look, I'm with you here. LSU, number one team in college football right now. Um, the number two team, look, as much as I hate to say it, and oh, do I hate to say it, Ohio State looks good right now, Chief. They look good. Ohio State's probably a top two team in the country right this now. This is why I wanted to go first. <laughs> Wisconsin looks good. Fuck you, Carp, honestly. <laughs> Screw you. Then you look at a team like Clemson. They have the most pro-ready quarterback. 
in, in in Trevor Lawrence. He's the next guy in the NFL for the next twenty years. In my that, ooh, and that's not even a prediction. That's like agree with that one hundred percent. Um, so I think your top three right now are probably LSU, Clemson, and Ohio State. The fourth spot, Florida, Alabama. Ah. Boise State. Boise State. Boise State. Brennan, your turn. Okay. Um, you don't think Boise State's legit? Oh, I do. I watched them uh, beat down on FSU They're, week one. <laughs> oh, Brennan, I'm starting a new brother podcast. Um, it's going to be called RPC Investments. And... <laughs> And what it is, is it just going to be me picking games against the spread and telling people how much money to bet on them because I'm low-key nasty at college sports betting. Okay. It's not even betting. It's like a stable income now. Nice. <laughs> so. Okay. I uh, agree with – Finish this off, bro. All right. So oh, close oh, it out. My number four team is probably um, Alabama. So you got LSU, um, Ohio State. I love Boise State. They're top ten. LSU, um, Ohio State, Clemson, uh, Alabama. All right, people are gonna get on me for this. Uh oh. But I'm gonna rank my top four in order, and I'm factoring in the competition that these teams have played, and not just looking at the standings and looking at who hasn't lost a game yet. But LSU, Oklahoma. No, sorry, LSU, Alabama, Oklahoma, Wisconsin. So Ohio State doesn't see your top four? Five. Clemson where six. Do you, where do you guys see Penn State? Be honest. I, just, top ten. Top ten. They're not that good, Chief. Let, let, no, 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 no. Carp, listen. Every time we talk about Penn State on a pick this is Chase's argument. They struggled against Pitt. Listen, every college football team is going to struggle against a lower-level team at some point during the season, all right? Listen, Penn State Clemson, has— Clemson, uh, UNC. Exactly. Like, yep. that's not a valid argument. What I look Georgia, at. SC. Exactly. 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 So Chase just doesn't have a valid argument when it comes to Penn State. He I'm hates Penn State. Swine. He hates Penn State because every time we mention Penn State, he goes, they struggled against Pitt. OK, so they won. They're still looking good. I don't I don't I wouldn't and I'm not and I'm not just saying this because because you go to school there and I'm trying to appease you because no, I'm not no, gonna no. do that for you. Don't ever try to appease me. I'm I, not yeah. ever gonna try to appease you. You know I, I'm not gonna do that. I legitimately think Penn State's a top ten college football team. They've got a Look, huge test are. this weekend. Listen, I think they're gonna beat Michigan. Michigan has struggled this year Please. immensely. Brennan. I think they're gonna beat Michigan. I Brennan, I you 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 by saying how massive this game is, you're underselling how massive this game is. I'm it's not. This is a huge game. It's not even huge. It's huge. It's big. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really big. It's huge. It's a huge game. Big it's, game. It's going to be huge. huge. So big. It's huge so game. big. It's almost as big as my hands. No, huge game. I, look at one of the things that, 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 that uh, is a Penn State guy, one of the things that, that had me kind of hard to believe the legitimacy of this roster is, one, the quarterback, Sean Clifford, isn't that good. Two, James Franklin was 0-11 as a head coach, 0-8 as a Penn State head coach against any ranked team on the road, ever. Any ranked team. They could be 24th, 25th. 
0-11. So beating Iowa, although people will say it's Iowa, they're not, you know, it's, it wasn't Bama. Iowa was legit, and it was on the road. So that was big for me in terms of belief. Secondly, they have constantly, in the James Franklin era, been decent, good, very good. But lose Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, the games that you – Wisconsin – the games that you need to win in the Big Ten in order to get the promotion to the college football playoff. This weekend is such a big game because if they are able to finally break through that bubble and they're beat the Rams, beat Michigan, their stock will be huge. So if you're on the bubble for Penn State, buy in now, Chief, because that stock is going to shoot up if they win this game. If they lose this game, everything that the haters say is true. They can't win big games right now. But like everything, they need that one to break through. And that's yeah. what I see happening. So. Yeah, Fonzie said this on a pick Michigan has struggled this year. He thinks Jim Harbaugh should retire or quit or be fired. All or of the not wear a long sleeve tee, but continue. He should, though. He stinks. Harbaugh. He should. Stinks. Michigan's had such a disappointing season. They're usually a football powerhouse. They really have not impressed me at all. They look like a community college out there. I've got Penn State by... 13 points. No, and, uh, man. It's going no. to be a we'll dog talk. fight. Oh, it'll be a dog fight, but I think Penn State's pulling away at the end of the day by 13 points, and I'm sticking by that. Fonz Nation, what do you see in that game? Michigan is by far the biggest letdown in college football. Therefore, I think they're going to fall apart again, and I think Penn's got it. Penn State's taking the dub. You got a score? Nope, nope, nope. Just uh, so we'll go over scores on the Pick'em on Friday. And Carp, if you want to join in on the Pick'em on Friday, because this We'd is a big game. We'd love to have you, Carp. Love to have you on the Pick'em. Still, still a little too early to get into that mindset for us. Oh, last thing. We talk your sports. What's the issue with that now? What's what's going on with them? All right, it's such a direct <laughs> copy of TBR. I don't want to waste my energy on it any more than I already have. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. They copied TBR structure. They copied the name. They copied exactly what we do. They're coming after our target audience. They're a direct competitor to TBR. The fact that they even had the audacity to come to us and try to make amends and say, oh, you know, we're sorry. We didn't mean to come after you. We didn't copy anything. Well, yes, the fuck you did. You copied everything that we stand for. I've been working towards creating TBR since my freshman year at my public high school. Okay, I started there with a few different websites. I failed miserably and I finally found the perfect co-host to start this up with. And that's the man on the left of my screen right now. And Carp, I'm not just I'm not just talking you up for the sake of talking. Carp's getting emotional. Oh, my God. I literally Carp, if it weren't for you, TBR would not be where it is today. And I remember specifically you and I were talking about the AFC championship. And you texted me, you know, what do you think of the game? This, that. And I told, oh, yeah, you know, big podcast tomorrow. And you're like, podcast? And you were interested. And right then and there, we started it up just like that. We had zero plans for anything. We just started talking in front of my computer. And look at where we are now. So that's all I've got to say. The fact that they think they can even test what we've built is an absolute joke. They bought their way to what we've built three years worth of. I didn't say that right, but so so I get I get what you're saying. I get it. I just don't. What what is their what is their outlet? Do they have a podcast? No, I don't even know what they they just like post so they don't on have a podcast. They don't have a website, and they post on Instagram like just like, like 
pictures with like facts. That's that's not interesting. They're trying to be Sports Center, but Sports Center already exists. No, but in Sports Centers, look at this is Brennan. When I got into it with you earlier about, oh, why don't we just name our teams that we pick? Nobody likes that. That's what pickums yeah. for, like that that specifically. But there's also room. I've watched the pickums. I watch every single one. You guys do debate and give a little bit of back and forth, which is good. If people wanted just to hear the games and the rankings and things like that, I used to get mad when I did my senior project with Cooper McGrath because all everything would turn into, I think that he's a top three player in the league. I think my top three players are this, this, and this. I'd rather talk about an issue in sports, like, like a locker room issue or a racial yeah. issue. Let's talk about the NBA with China and that stuff. Yeah, I'd bro, that's wild. Talk about that and talk about the politics behind it and and how it affects the locker room and the teams. Then talk about, oh, you know, this guy got traded today. Next, this yeah, this is the top of the NFC. Next. So if that's their content, then I don't think we have anything to be scared about. Oh, I'm because, not scared about anything. Right, <laughs> and and I think that that this only affirms that they, they are a single platform in Instagram which is proven to be ineffective. They have under 2,000 followers, even though they bought their followers. And secondly, they don't have a website and they don't have a podcast. So what are they doing? And they, Coming after they, us. They, 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 so what's I'm the real point? scared. Listen, I, I understand that, like, I don't want to, you know, yeah, we're we're a big deal kind of thing. But, you know, we're doing something that isn't, you know, your average 17, 18 year olds are just going to pick up doing like this isn't just like, you know, a phase we're going through. We're all seriously interested in sports journalism, sports media in, in careers. Like, am I wrong in saying that? No. We have such a passion for this and we're putting this passion together into a company. We're not in this for like money. We're not in this for like the followers. We're doing this because we have fun. The second that we stop having fun with this, I would 100% put it down. I'm not and doing this for anybody else. What they're doing is trying to emulate what we're and doing Brennan, to Brennan, get followers. Is in, imitation is the most sincere form sincere of form there it is. Remember yeah. that one. So I'll what I'm saying is I understand that, you know, what we're doing is kind of cool. Like when I tell people what TBR is, they're like, oh, that's really cool like, that you guys have done this and you're this young with all this other stuff on your plate. I understand that it's cool and that it can inspire other people. Like I'm not saying don't go out and start your own media company. What I'm saying is don't directly copy what we've built and then try to take our audience and try to, you know, come after our target audience and target our followers and try to make them jump ship. Like, that's not what this is. This industry is about. Like, go do your own thing and become a pet competitor. Don't build your company off of the blueprint that you and I made so that you can appear like you've been, you know, that you have like a real passion for this. It's just, I don't know. It is what it is. I'm not going to lie. It bothers me a little bit. Yo, we haven't Brent, faced adversity like this. I feel like they hate us because they ate us. We're making a t-shirt, and you're buying the t-shirt. They're jealous of us calling me Jermaine Wiggins. They hate us because uh, Look, before I sign out, um, a quick website update. Colin Cater, who's been dropping massive articles lately, he has written a two-part series thus far on NBA predictions that I've teased twice already he we are going to release it this friday um because he's crafting a third part so it'll be a three-part release and it'll be released probably at three different times so keep your eyes out for that um because that, that's actually pretty exciting 
Um, but you know, we'll have some more things go up as well, uh, this week. So, yeah, boys, listen, uh, and, and I'm not being facetious when I say this, there's no, there's nothing I'd rather be doing on a night like tonight than sitting down and just hashing out sports with you for 90 minutes. Like it's that's been, a, Oh my God. Like it's it's it has been, listen, and I'm not being facetious. Like, I'm, like, that was, no, I'm not being facetious. <laughs> that's like, this is, that's sure. what this is all about. You know, I'm, I'm a sensitive cat. I'll be honest. I know. <laughs> like, let's be real. This is a Tuesday night. Agree. We've all got school to go to in the morning. But what are we doing? Exactly. We're doing what we love yeah. to do. I have a lecture. Oh my god. Carp, I'm taking the freaking <laughs> PSATs tomorrow. <laughs> Brennan, I would so gladly trade in my shoes. Actually, not true. Fuck no, angry. I feel like Fuck a PSATs. lecture would be. Better. I love. I love where I am. I don't know why I said that. I would yeah, love. I, to play, I would love to play high school golf again and play high school hockey and play high school baseball. But boys. It was a pleasure talking to you, as always. We're going to try to get more out this week. Hey, two podcasts in less than 24 hours. I appreciate you guys hopping on, as always. Uh, we will have more episodes for you later in the week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Good night. I'm 